0: I'm so glad that I found out he could bring me out with his holy name. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Been washed in the blood of Jesus. Oh, you didn't hear me. Been washed in the blood of Jesus. You're not listening. Been washed in the blood of Jesus. Been born again. Hallelujah. I'm saved by the power and the hand of God. He is so faithful. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if he did it for me, he will do it for you. And I promise you, he'll do it again. You may not know how, you may not know when, but hasn't he always come through? If he did it once, he'll do it again and again and again. He's a God that keeps his promises. He told Moses, you'll be with me on the promised land. Two thousand years later on the Mount of Olive, Jesus hangs out with Moses. He always keeps his promises, even though there might be bad stuff, bad things come against you. God is still in control. And you go through the test. You don't pray. Don't ever pray for patience because you get all kinds of tribulation to get you the patience you're supposed to have. You go through the test so that later you have a testimony that you can share with others that are going through the very same storm. We received an invitation from Daystar this week that they want to bring us and they want us to be able to share uh, our testimony and share what you do when you're falsely accused, what you do when you go through horrible storms, and and we will be back on international television. We thank God for that opportunity. But I wanted, before we share with the world what to do when God doesn't come through, I wanted to share with you what to do when God doesn't come through. Give me a moment. Look at somebody and give me a break. Acts 27. I will not read a lot of this, but I will just kind of set the stage for a breakthrough. There's a very popular story with Pastor Ron and I. We have taught out of this, we preached out of this several times, a phenomenal, incredible passage of Scripture. Paul has been arrested for preaching the gospel, he's headed to stand before the the dignitaries of that day. And in this journey of trying to get Paul to where he needs to be, the season to sail had passed. In order to avoid the winds, the storms, all all of the things going on in the ocean, that window to get from point A to point B had passed. But the challenge with point A, it was not a party town. It was not a town that had all of the bars and all of the brothels and all those things that sailors like to do during the winter. So there was another port that had the wine, the song, the party, and that's why the sailors wanted to make their way to this other place, just to party. How scary is that? Paul told the captain, I perceive this is not a good idea, that there could be a loss of life, there'd be loss of cargo. This is not a good place that we need to be. And with not listening to Paul's counsel, how many times you give somebody good counsel, they just blow you off. They just come and they'll listen to somebody else who hasn't been there, doesn't know what they're doing. Hello, can't learn something from somebody that doesn't know anything. Just a little thought there I thought you might want to put on Instagram. So they, they, they begin this journey. And as they set sail on this journey, a storm from hell. In the Greek, that's how it's described. It's a storm from hell. It's not a natural storm. It's not a regular storm. It's a supernatural attack against this boat. The reason being that Paul was on the boat and the enemy did not want Paul to write the last book that he wrote. The enemy wanted to shut Paul down. So to shut Paul down, he was going to take everybody out when this storm came. The storm came, they begin to lighten the load, they begin to throw out the tackle, they begin to throw out the merchandise, they begin to lighten the, lighten the boat to try to survive the storm. They're actually going to put four anchors out and try to ride the storm out. Let me tell you a story that um, we know to be true, that in Naples, Florida, it was told that a hurricane was coming through. It was a real bad hurricane. And uh, people in ports were tying their boats to the dock, they were securing them, putting putting bumpers, trying to make the boat safe with the storm. And there was one particular boat in, in particular, it was a large sailing sloop, it was a really nice boat. And while this young man who'd come into some money, had bought this boat, didn't know a lot about the boat, he's tying the boat to the dock, he's trying to get the biggest ropes and the biggest chains, secure it. And while he's going through all this process, an old an old sea dog, a guy that had spent his life on, in, in the ocean, a guy that had grew up in the ocean, asked the young man, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm tying this boat down. There's a storm coming, and I don't want the, the storm to, blow, to tear up my boat, so I'm going to tie my boat down to the dock. And the old man looked at him and said, that's not what you need to do. He said, son, this boat was built to ride out the storm. You need to get out in the ocean, let down the anchor, and just let what, what will be, be, and you will survive the storm. Let me tell you something today. You're tougher than you think. There's more to you than you know. God's got stuff for you that's phenomenal and incredible, and sometimes we want to wimp out, we want to wuss out, we want to take the lower road, but God has designed you to survive any storm that the enemy could ever bring against you. He said, lo, I'm with you even to the end of the world. When you feel like you've lost everything, there's nothing to to be pursued. There's nothing to gain. God said, that's when I start working. He allows us to do the possible and we've done all, having done all, then he begins to intercede and he begins to step in. And aren't you glad that we know the master of the wind? Aren't you glad that we know the maker of the sea? Aren't you glad we know who holds the world in the palm of his hand, but he's not too important. The Bible, the song says, he's big enough to rule this mighty universe, yet small enough to dwell in my heart. How many has made room for God today? How many is a place there reserved just for him that belongs just for him? Acts 27. Let's look at Verse 18 a great chapter to read, and we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest the next day, they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, in other words, there was a storm raging, all hope. Look to your left and say, all hope. Look to your right and say, all hope. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. How many you feel like they're in such a storm? The sun is not shining for many days, and even at night it's black, it's gloomy, there's no moon, there's no stars, and the enemy has tried to convince you That all hope that you'll be restored, all hope that you'll be saved, all hope that you can turn this around, all hope that you can survive, all hope that your business can make it, all hope that you can have a healthy marriage, all hope was gone. Well, barring from the secular world, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar on tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow, you're only a day away. Paul said it so well, weeping endures for a season, help me. But joy comes in the morning. And you may feel like all hope is gone, all hope is lost. God said, no. I'm going to turn things around in your life. I'm going to come to where you're at. I'm going to pull you out of the clay. I'm going to pull you out of the muck. I'm going to pull you out of the bondage, and I'm going to set you on a rock. And aren't you glad that there is a stone that the builder rejected that's cleft for us? It's that amazing rock the Son of God has built his church upon, and upon this rock, I will build my church. He will not abandon us. He will not fail us. He will not abort us because his church is at stake, and he loves us. Aren't you glad that God loves us today? After a long absence, Paul went into a a, a season of praying and worshiping, verse 21. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Jackie, ever heard that before? I tried to tell you this would happen. I tried that you wouldn't listen. Anybody ever say that to you? I tried to tell you. Parents, where are you, parents? I mean, we, sometimes we want to say it, we're thinking it, but we don't say it. I told you, if you'd only listen to me, we wouldn't be where we were. But, but notice what happened. Paul said, If you'd have listened to me and not left the island of Crete, you, you would not have gained this harm and this lot. Somebody say, But that was then, this was now. You can't beat yourself up for bad decisions you made yesterday. You can't beat yourself up for the mistakes you made yesterday. You might be where you're at today, self-inflicted because you did something wrong or stupid or harmful or careless. That's not the point. That was then. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. God is restoring and healing, and usually anytime you restore something, you make it better than the original. The clay was in the hands of the potter. It fell. It was trash. The potter picked it up and made it a better container than he had originally intended. Aren't you glad that your life is a testimony? You're in the hands of the potter, and you may have served God all your life, and bad stuff happens. You have served the God all your life, and and, and still you're in, in a pit or in a hole. And that's when the Potter says, I will take you, I'm gonna turn this around. He's a turnaround God. I'm gonna turn this around in your life, and I'm gonna take what was broken and trash, and I'm gonna make it even better than I had originally intended. Look at somebody and say, even better God has for me. Even better God has for me. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Now realize it's raining, it's storming. the the waves are probably 10 to 15 foot crashing against this boat. They have no tackle. They have no cargo. They're fearing for their life. I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there will be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. We're going to lose the ship, but we're all, we're all going to live. Look at some of it, we're all going to live. We might lose the ship, but we're going to survive. God may have another vehicle he has to take us where he wants us to go. And maybe you never would have abandoned the old vehicle, but God has removed the old vehicle to show you a new vehicle. Does that help anybody in the building? For there stood by me, watch this, this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whose I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all thee that sell with thee. Look at somebody and say, As long as I'm in the car, we're safe. As long as I'm in the car, we're not going to die. As long as I'm in the car, look at somebody and say, as long as I'm in the car, we're not going to die. God's not done with me. He got a purpose and a plan for my life. It hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen, but I got a feeling everything is going to be okay. Wherefore, are be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Now notice if you will, though, just for, the, just for the fun of it, look at verse 29. Very, very important part point I need to make here. There has been in the past 18 months, there have been hundreds of people praying for me. Daily, I get encouraging texts. Very strong word from Pastor Billy. The latter shall be greater than the former. Your best days are ahead. Next Sunday, if the Lord allows, we're going to talk about our best days. Your best days are ahead. Different ones would call, give scripture, encourage. Pastor AC, some of you in this house would call, encourage. The timing was incredible. The timing was phenomenal. But even though, look at somebody say, even though I got all those good reports, I was still in the storm. Paul stands up and says, hey, I've heard from God. Everything's going to be okay. But it's still stormed. And they were still scared. See, sometimes when God gives the word, it takes a season for the word to come to pass. Obviously, if God tells you he's going to give you a son or daughter, it's going to be great. They're going to be, they're going to be used by God in the world, and the baby isn't even born yet. Hello, there's some things that need to be done for the word of God to be manifested. So you may be sitting here today, and maybe maybe a prophet, or maybe an evangelist, or maybe someone very close to you has called you and said, I really believe God's got, some, I got, God's got good things. I see you doing this, I see you doing that, and I see you, if you can abort That word of the Lord, before it comes to pass, the enemy wins. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And what's worse than lack of knowledge is wrong knowledge. And sometimes we'll have things spoken over us and declared over us as Timothy has spoken by his mother and his grandmother. But if we're not careful, we'll forget the spoken word and we will take the easy road. And here's the point I want to make in verse 29. Then, fearing lest we fall upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And wished for the day. Around three or four o'clock in the morning is the darkest time of night. Most burglars, most crimes take place between three and four o'clock in the morning. That's when everybody is asleep. You can get a word from the Lord, come to church, be encouraged, dance, shout, cry, fall down, wave banners, have your spiritual lingo all in order. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm blessed, baby. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm just doing great. But you know what? You're saying it, but you're not feeling it. There's a moment there that when the word goes forth, it takes a word for you, not the word to catch up with you, but for you to catch up with the word. If God called you and told you that you're going to fly an L 1011, you better go to school. I have no intentions of getting on the plane with you if you don't know how to fly the puppy. I, do I have a witness in the building? I remember when I was about 15 years old, my Uncle Doug asked me if I could drive. I said, Sure, I can drive. I'd never driven before in my life. He said, Back the station wagon. And I won't even tell you what I hit, what I ran over, what happened. A lot of of times, God will speak some things, and before there's there's a season there, it will get darker than it was before you got the word. Am I helping anybody? They're still in a storm. They're still wishing for day. Three things you need to know. First of all, here's what Paul said. The angel of the Lord, and there are dozens of times, and I think I actually wrote some things down. There are dozens of times, and I won't share all those with you. There are dozens of times when the angel of the Lord appeared in the Old and New Testament. Most Bible scholars believe the angel of the Lord was the pre-existent Christ. It was the word in a spirit form. Most people believe it was Jesus. When Abraham and Sarah cast Hagar out into the wilderness, the angel of the Lord came and introduced himself as as, as Jehovah. We know that when Daniel was in the den of lions, he told the king, O king, the Lord hath sent his angel. We know that when Balaam was going to prophesy against the people of God, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. When the angel of the Lord appears, the angel of the Lord delivered Paul out of prison, delivered Peter out of prison. Usually when the angel of the Lord comes, it's to deliver you and touch you and rescue you. And here's what Paul said. We're we're going through hell. It's a storm. We're, we're all afraid that we're going to die. I've been fasting. I've been praying. And guess what? I have a word from the Lord. Because first of all, it's a Lord of who I am. And that's not a 90% commitment. That's 100%. That's a belly dive off the high board. That's all. You, you're, you're sold out completely. There's no compromise.